Hey, good morning or good evening. Whenever you are listening, welcome to the Hope Explained podcast where we dissect the sermon that was taught on Sunday, look for anything that was left unsaid or forgotten or cut for time. I'm joined on my opposite side here by our lead pastor, Pastor Rick. How are you? I'm great. All right. So let's hop into it. This, this two days ago was a little day that we like to call Father's Day, and uh, I think it went pretty well. Um, and you talked about the story, not of the prodigal son, uh, but what did you call it? Story of an amazing father. Story of an amazing father, and uh, and the reason for that is simply this: that, um, like you said, it's 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 hardly about the son; it's about the love of the father. Um, and we were talking about it just a second ago. You know, it's it's part of this three-part series, where in the other two, it's about these um, it's about these people who go looking for this thing. Uh, the main character is is the person is the analog for God, really. Um, and so why shouldn't it be for this other story, right? Yeah, I should have told people, like, I don't know if this would be sacrilegious, but mark out, because it's not scripture, it's just something that the editors add, you know, the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, no, it's the story of an amazing father. And so, yeah, I taught it from the perspective of the father instead of the rebellion of the son. So, hmm. um, And uh, for, for a matter of review, I think that a large part of your message was very pointed. Um, in the sense that, you know, uh, a common phrase is the sins of the father don't fall on the son. But this story, that your message kind of made evident the opposite. You know, if, if a lot of people will beat themselves up because of how their adult children might turn out in, in one way or another. And something that you wanted to make clear was, you know, you did what you could. Don't beat, your, don't beat yourself up for something that somebody else is doing. Well, I mean, there's no doubt the Bible does teach principle the sins of the father can be handed down to the sons and the grandchildren and all of that. But, you know, that's one that's not always the case. But Mm -hmm. I think, too, you know, in our society, in our culture, everybody's a victim, it seems like. And I hear so many times of like, you know, even adults blaming their parents for their own choices. And and certainly, you know, parenting plays a big role in who we become as human beings, but we've all seen it where there are kids that are raised in horrible environments and they turn out great. And kids that are raised in amazing environments turn out bad. And so I just think parents have a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. and I see so many parents and I've dealt with it myself where if your kids don't maybe end up the way you thought they would, or you want them to, or, you know, you take that all on yourself and think, well, I did a bad job. And, but it's like, I think we're really the only culture where, we feel so responsible for our kids, even as adults, and we blame ourselves for things that aren't our fault. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, everybody has to have a label for why they're making the choices that they're making. It's because of this or because of that, or your dad didn't do this, or your mom didn't do that. And it's like, yeah, some of it might apply if you were abusive, if you were, if you neglected your child, mm-hmm. if you didn't provide for your child, if you were very, you know, verbally harmful to your child. Yeah, that's going to impact them in a negative way. But, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, most parents do a pretty good job. And yet sometimes the kids don't turn out very well. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. Yeah. Well, I I mean, that's uh, in his book, um, uh, 10 Dumb Things Smart Christians Believe. uh, Larry Osborne was talking about exactly that, where it's like mm. these parents who pour so much into it. You know, they do everything they they do everything that they thought was right, 
and they took him to church every Sunday. Mm. And, and then when things go wrong, they look at verses and they're kind of disillusioned because there's verses where it talks about, you know, train kids up in the way they should go and this and that. And then when things go wrong, they have this crisis of faith because they, they misinterpreted what it's really saying. Well, here's the deal. You're not the only influence in your child's life. And I think that's important to understand. There's a lot of influences that come into the lives of our kids that we have no control over, especially these days with, with these little things. Yeah. And it's like you can't shelter your kids. And you can do what you can to protect them from things, but at some point they kind of have their own lives. And you're not always going to be the number one, the only person speaking in their life or the only influence speaking into their life. And yet we take all the responsibility. Mm-hmm for them and, and their choices. And, you know, I, I, I think it's just, it's a battle, I think, cause you want the best for your kids, but also too, uh, I think if we did the best we could, none of us are perfect. There's no perfect parent out there at all. And again, unless we were, you know, did things that could really harm our children, I, I think we did, or I, you know, we can do our best just to set them up for success. But at the end of the day, they have to make their own choices yeah. and they have to do, you know, they have to find their own path and do their own thing. So, mm. Well, you talked about influences right there and, and ultimately influences change our worldview. Um, and because of that, <laughs> generation to generation, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a trend in history that each generation has a different view on things than the one before it. And so that was something that you wanted to talk about was, was well, the... Think, can I say this? Yeah. So, so th- th- think about this, Jason. Like, um, this generation, I this is really, it's probably been happening for the last 20, 30 years or so. But just think about it. Like, if you're a conservative parent that teaches God's word, that believes God word, God's word, that tries to live out God's word, really the last 50 years or so, and it's getting worse and worse, not only do you have other people speaking into your kids, but you have. Um, cultures, environments, um, agencies that are teaching the exact opposite to your kids. Yeah. It's not just people that are not reinforcing what you believe or what you believe the Bible teaches, but they're speaking into our kids the exact opposite of what we're trying to teach. Uh-huh. And that's hard. That is hard. Well, and and it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, it, it, this is something that's happened throughout all of history. It's one generation not understanding the next. But what, like you said, today I do think there is a unique thing happening with technology. Yes. I mean, this, this wasn't around for the last however long. And the ability to pull up anything hasn't been around. Mm. Um, and so I think that the challenge is, is they are unique. Um, and... It's one of those things where you stop and reflect, okay, is this us being reactionary? Is this us? Mm. Is is this some challenge that has been around forever? And I don't think it has been. Mm. Um, I think that there is a unique challenge for kids growing up today. Um, yeah, and it used to be, too, that, that schools used to reinforce a lot of the values that the parents had. Mm-hmm. Um, even movies, there were wholesome movies and wholesome series and all that where you had a choice, now it seems like not only is it not wholesome, it's anti-respect, anti-Bible, anti-Christianity. So you have this whole wave, you know, of, of a specific agenda going at our kids. And 
and it really makes it that much more challenging. We're going to talk a lot about this in August. We're going to do an entire series on the family. We're going to talk about parenting and marriage and all of that. And, you know, we're, um, and so, you know, I, I think times are a little more challenging than what they have been in the past because you don't have that reinforcement any longer mm-hmm. in public schools, definitely not with TV and social media adds a whole nother wrinkle to things as well that, you know, several generations didn't have to deal with before this. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one of the things that you highlighted because of, because of that was the importance of, of stopping and considering what your kids are saying at the end of the day. Right. Um, cause, cause teens have, have a, uh, tendency to be rebellious. Um, and some of that is just rebellion for the sake of rebellion. But part of, uh, part of that is they're coming with a different worldview now. Mm. Um, and some of it is wrong. Some of it can be pointed to and go, okay, no, that's not the right thing. But part of it is something that we should slow down and take in. And that was something that you wanted to talk about. A bit. Well, yeah, they're exploring. Yeah. They're finding out who they are, you know, what the world is like, all of those things. And I think in the story that we read, the story of the, you know, this father who had his son that asked for his inheritance and he left and we know that he went away and, and he wasn't just exploring, he was experimenting and he was doing a lot of things that he knew was wrong. And I think one of the things that I probably should have mentioned in the message that I didn't was that just because our kids have a different worldview than us, maybe a different perspective on the Bible, a different perspective on God, it doesn't always mean that it's wrong. Maybe their values are a little bit different. They're growing up in a different culture than we grew up in. And I think kind of in the message, I made it sound like if our kids' views are different than ours and it's automatically rebellion, it's not. Obviously, this story that we are focused on is an extreme case. We obviously see he was making bad choices. But I think um, as parents that if our kids do have a little bit different worldview or they have a different perspective on life, it's not always wrong. Um, it can be, but it's not always wrong. And so that's probably something I should have pointed out Sunday that I didn't. Yeah. Well, and in the context of, of the story, you know, I think it highlights the importance of, of accepting, like, like you said, it highlights the importance of accepting our kids no matter what, because we're talking about, you know, oh, they're not always wrong, but even when they are like in the story, even when they're very wrong, the ability for a kid to come home and be accepted is ultimately important um and i think that's probably why why you see so much agenda is probably people hurt by by parents or the church itself right Mm. and so yeah yeah i mean that was one of the attributes that i said of a great father is that unconditional love and i think no matter what our kids do no matter what they get involved in no matter what boundaries they test i mean i think if they if they know that they're always going to be, there's always a place for them where they're always going to be loved. They're always going to be accepted. Um, then I think that's important. And I think it's interesting that when the son came to his senses, when he had hit, you know, the proverbial rock bottom, you know, his first thought, and because he says that he said to himself, Mm. so it was in his mind, it was in his conscience. I will go to my father. I love that is, you talk about one of the most underrated, amazing verses of the Bible. He says, I will go to my father. And not only is that an amazing thing in, in terms of we should always be able to go to our dad here on this earth, but it's also, you know, obviously the story is, uh, you know, is telling a story of, uh, of who God is to us, mm-hmm. that no matter what we go through in life, no matter what choices we make, no matter what we do, 
when things aren't going well, I hope that we can always say, and, and the first and best choice for us when we're in difficulties in our life is, I will go to my father. Mm. I will go to my father. And I love that he said that. And I love that that's what he did because he knew that his father um, would take him back. Yeah. Well, and you saying that just now, right right before we started the podcast, we were talking about, you know, why why didn't the father go after him like like he did in the other two stories, kind of. Um, you know, the woman searched for the coin, the shepherd searched for the sheep. Why didn't the father search for the son? Yeah. And, and I think that that's part of the answer right there is it was, there needed to be that decision that the, the son needed to go. I'm going to go to my father. You know, I, I think that may be one of the most difficult parts of parenting is when you can see the train wreck coming or you can see, um, the independence and that they're maybe not headed in the right direction. That the most difficult part is to just let them make choices and then, you know, suffer the consequences of those choices. I, I think, man, that, that is hard. It is really hard, but sometimes our kids just aren't going to listen. We can tell them till we're blue in the face. This son, I, you know, the father could have argued with him over and over, but he was going to do what he's going to do. And at some point, the father just needed to let him go, and he did. And um, he went through some hard times. But I think it's those hard times that maybe gave him a new appreciation for his father mm-hmm. and the appreciation of the relationship that they had and the appreciation of how his dad loved him and protected him and took care of him. And so as a parent, our tendency is to make all of our choices for our kids or to want to and to keep them from harm. And But sometimes um, they have to be allowed um, to eat with the pigs mm-hmm. and come to their senses and figure out repentance on their own. And I think this is definitely what we see here. And I think this young man learned a lesson that he would have never learned if the dad would have went and rescued him. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's why you take your kids to a playground, right? Um, you, you aren't going to pad everything. The only way a kid learns to be careful is by getting injured. Mm. Um, and that, I, that that's how it is but like you said it's it's hard to let that happen it's it's fine to watch (laughs) your kid get a scrape on the bark in a playground Mm. and go they're going to be more careful next time but it's another to watch that happen with their life and their emotions right Mm. and so um out of this story what do you think would be the most important thing for fathers today to take out of it what's what's the What's the thing that people today need to see in the father in the story? I, I think it all goes back to unconditional love. Mm. I mean, I think there's a lot of principles in this story, in this story, and I pointed out five of them. But to me, I think the thing that we, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, you know, love never fails. It says in Corinthians, um, I think that unconditional love, loving our kids is the greatest thing that we could ever do for them. And loving them is not just telling them that we love them. It's showing them that we love them. And that unconditional acceptance and the ability to talk to us. Um, Pastor Daniel mentioned that when we were talking before too, that if our kids can't talk to us, they're going to find somebody that'll listen. Yeah. And wouldn't you rather them talk to you, even if it's what you don't want to hear? 
and you be able to have that conversation with them than somebody else having that conversation with them that doesn't have their good in mind. You have their good in mind. And so I think it all goes back to, and I think this is the way it is in the entire Bible. You can sum the entire law up on love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think the overall point in this story and the most important part of being, I think, a great dad is just loving your kids sacrificially, hugging them, telling them you love them, um, showing them that you love them, that unconditional acceptance and love, I, I think is so important because I think if you have that, I think you can weather anything. Yeah. No matter what they go through, no matter what they do, you can weather it all. If there's that love, that unconditional love and acceptance, mm. no matter what choices that they make. And, and so we got to ask ourselves, you know, is there anything that our kids can do that could ever separate us from our love? Yeah. And that answer should be absolutely not nothing at all. Um, that's how God views us. The Bible says nothing can ever separate, separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so as a parent, that unconditional love, I, I, I think, is the bedrock um, that we all need in our families. Hmm. Was, there, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to hit? No, I, I think it's a great story. Um, you know, I hope it's a, a, you know, a good reminder and, and encouragement to dads. Um, the influence and the importance of dads is so vital. The statistics, you know, prove it. And I think, you know, don't be afraid to be a great dad. And um, don't be afraid to show your kids that you love them. I think a lot of times dads have a tendency to hold back a little bit because they don't want to seem vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but our kids need that. Um, our kids need to know that we've messed up as well. And so don't be afraid to share your story with your kids in, in, a, in, in an honest way. And so, you know, I think being a dad is the greatest privilege that I have in my life. And um, I'm super grateful for the kids that the Lord has entrusted with me and, and, um, you know, we need great dads now more than ever. Mm. And so, yeah, well, you said right there, you know, don't be afraid to love, love your kids. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's a great point simply because, uh, there's always a temptation to give in to what the world expects of you as a man. Mm. Um, and it's mostly unhealthy, it turns out. Um, and so I think that's a great point. You brought it up in your message. You said, you know, don't be afraid to show affection. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, I agree. I think that's a great message. Yeah. All right. Well, Pastor Rick, thank you for, uh, thank you for joining me today. Um, but yeah, uh, if that's it. We'll... Ten Commandments this weekend. <laughs> that's We're going to go back to Exodus. We'll look at the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. You want? You are not going to want to miss that as we, as we round the corner on our Exodus series. Uh, it's been a really good series. Um, but yeah, we are located on 2720 Olympic Parkway in Chula Vista. If you are looking for a church home, uh, we would love to invite you. Or if you don't have a church home at all, we would love to invite you to church on Sunday. We have services at 9 and 1030 as well as Spanish at 1230. Uh, but other than that, Pastor, thanks again. Yeah, thank you.